tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Joining me as always, Xavier Guerrero and Jay Nice, Johnny Wooder. Guys, guys, we're in it to win it. Great episode. We have a researcher and experiencer. Ryan Musgrave Evans on in what Johnny calls, and I quote, might have been my favorite episode ever. Right, Johnny? The guy's an experiencer, all right. I'll say that. Yeah, Johnny loved that. Johnny wants I to be an experiencer. No, no, not like that. No, not, <laughs> no, dude, no. You can't pay me enough money to do what this guy's doing. Yeah, you want that, though. No, no, no. You're afraid. Afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid of getting drilled in my head by aliens. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we get into it, bro. It goes deeper than deep. Enjoy the episode. So listen, man, a lot of great things are going on in the world. A lot of great things. If you want to see me live, I've just added a couple new dates, like I said in the last episode. Diana, Diana, point, Diana. Well, hold on. We, we forgot already. Uh, Deanna. Deanna Beach, Florida. No, no, that's Florida. not right. Actually, what are you doing? August 25th, August 26th, and like August Dania 27th. I am live at the, the Dana, Diana <laughs> no, Beach, Beach, Florida. Dania Beach. Dania, Dania Beach. Dania. Dania Beach. Dania. Dania. Dania Beach. Dan. Like I haven't Dan. heard of it. I haven't. I have never heard Dania of it. Beach. Well, you're about to rock it. I am about to rock. I got my friend John Mitchell come with me. We're going to get out there. We're going to drop Dana the Beach. Dana Beach. Yeah, we're going to drop the hammer of the gods on you. <laughs> and then, then uh, 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 September 8th, 9th, and 10th, I'm going to be in Plano, Texas at that new house of comedy with my good friend, Kim Condit. We will be live out there. Uh, that is 8th, 9th, and 10th. And then September 14th is the next Comedy Chaos. Double banger. Damn. Double banger. Grab your tickets now for the double banger. Uh, those ticket, those shows hopefully will sell out. I believe that. Guess what? They're already sold out, okay? That's the kind of retro right, Yeah, so wait, so you're telling people there are no tickets available? No, there are tickets. Go buy them. <laughs> Go buy them. Go buy them. All those are available at Sam Triple. I'll get a message later. Uh, hey, could you cut that part out where I said the No, it's sold, sold it's it's gonna be sold out, but I'm believing that it's already sold out, even though tickets are available. And then September 30th, Saratoga, myself. Cash Daddy's How We Do We live, banging it out, two shows, September 30th. 
So that's it. Do you want to say something, Xavier? I no, felt you were no, about to say no, something. No, but I was. Do you just have any live shows coming up? No, no live shows. But we don't smoke. Just did the same. Uh, we don't smoke the same. Just did a Hibbler episode, and it you know comes in hot. So go check Heil that out. Hibbler. Heil, Heil Hibbler. Heil Hibbler. Heil Hibbler. Hey, you don't say Heil Hitler. You say Heil Hibbler. Heil Hibbler. I heard Hitler. Uh, should I, I say Hitler? Hitler. Should I, he, put, I? he put his hand up too. Should I? I? Yeah, I I, I heard oh, you shit. say they're gonna come after me. Yeah, you you weren't on camera. I think Mexicans are allowed to question the Holocaust. <laughs> we, we didn't participate. Yeah, they allowed to question it. <laughs> the new rules of political correctness. <laughs> Guys, go to samtriple.com for my ticket, for my ticket links, for my premium content. Go get click those. All my stuff on Rockfin, Tinfall Hat, Zero My Spiritual Podcast, and the number one debate show between binary men. Uh, Conspiracy Social Club. We also have a Patreon. I have a Patreon for one, one show, Cash Daddies. We are Crushing it, everybody on there. Johnny, you're part of the Patreon. You love it. You're making money, right? Big time. Yeah, big, big time. time. For $20, make you holler a month. You get Howie Dewey's The Do Crew Picks, and he's been on fire. Nobody bats a thousand, but he has been on fire. You gotta you gotta invest wisely, make your own decision, do your own research. But people love it, and it's moving quickly. We also have a thousand dollar level where Johnny and I will watch you and your significant other make love and give you tips. As a guy who has two kids, I know what I'm doing. I'll tell you how to do it right. Okay. Are you guys watching you can, live? What? Or what? You expect we to watch live or a yeah, video? Yeah, face. Yeah. No, Zoom, so, FaceTime. No, it's live. I will. It's a thousand dollars. You get it live. <laughs> I love this. Sounds like no, 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 no. It's live. It's, it's got to be live. It's live. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Go check that out. Okay, my website's pretty great because you get uh, all. You can go check out the T-shirts. We got a new T-shirt out. That's right, the They Live version. From TFH, that is TFH Live, right there. Me is Ronnie Pipe, Roddy Roddy Piper. Wait, is it TFH, TFH Live or TFH Live? TH Live. They live though. TFH Live. Okay, then TH, TFH Live. It doesn't. It's it's it is confusing that part. Well, it's meant it, to be. It's beautiful though. I love it. It is shirt. a great thing. I just I'm just that art is amazing. That did you ever so have hair, Did you ever have hair like that? Yes, I did. Yeah? I had long hair before. Oh, yeah. You said in, in, you slayed in college with that hair, right? Dude, oh. crushing. <laughs> crushing. It's not the right look for everyone, but the women that's right for, they love it, dude. That's great. Uh, so go check that great way at timfallhattshirts.com or click the banner. My cameos are fire. Pure fire, two, three minutes, all gold. Talk about your favorite conspiracies or encouraging your favorite person to hook up with you. That's how I do it, okay? <laughs> then we also have Buy Gold and Silver. We're working with Wise Wolf. And uh, get it now. Get your get your precious metals now. Uh, we have Telegram's group, the Tim Fall Hat Only Conspiracies Telegram and Join Zero. Bang, right there. And then a 24-hour news station. Uh, all Listen, I have seven podcasts. You get so much free stuff. We're putting out free stuff for you. Tim Fall Hat, you get that. Broken Sim, Crack the Top, 200 podcasts. It is the Grand Theft Auto podcast. I go around searching for danger. I survive. I come and talk about 
It is the taxi driver. I go down Hollywood Boulevard looking for grit, looking for grime, and I talk about Cash Daddies is the new, uh, the new is my favorite financial show that I do. Punch Drunk is my sports show. Union the Unwanted is the most important discussion on the internet. Is a panel show. We take all the dangerous conversations and we bring on people to discuss it. And then I have some. Uh, from the vaults, some of my premium content, older episodes we're putting out for free. Uh, you can go check them out. Zero, Conspiracy Social Club, both right there. Uh, if you go down, 24-hour radio station. And if you go to my events calendar, we are now doing hookup meetups. Meet oh, no, look, they're changing it as we speak. That's pretty cool. Uh, but if you go there, we'll, we'll figure it out. There is a place to do meetups. They're working on it right now, but it is being changed. So you can go find meetups. I don't know where that is, but it, it, it is was not. there. It was at, it was yeah, there. It was at events. It's in, but we're going to start doing tinfoil hat meetups. You can sign up on the on the website. Anything else, guys? Nope, we're rocking. Nah, check out the latest Broken Cinema. It just dropped uh, an audio and a Sam, top Sam top two hundred to top two hundred comedy podcast. It is just two dudes going deep, deep, deep into the life. It's number two in stand-up. That sounds better. Number two in stand-up. Yeah, but top 200 yeah, but nobody in comedy, knows that. you know how hard that is? Nobody else knows that. But people listening are like, That's oh, why I'm telling them. That's why I'm telling them. Number there's two like, in stand-up. There's millions of comedy podcasts. Yeah. Yep. Well, how many would you say? 600,000? Shit, I don't know. It's a lot, though. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. How many comedy like, podcasts? Half of them are yours. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's see on that. How many comedy podcasts? Boom, are there. What does it say? There are a lot. Well, oh, there's a thing. Whoa! 850,000 well, well, no, active. That's, that's just comedy, all of them. Though, yeah, that's, that's just all, all of them. them. That's yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah, that's all. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely tens of thousands, I would say. Yeah, tens of thousands. Probably 100,000, maybe. I would Shit, say I six. Uh, I would say active, uh, like, uh, yeah. 200,000 at least. Comedy? I don't know what they Yeah, well, it depends on what you consider, right? You consider like some kid who put it in the comedy category oh, three years 58, ago. Oh, it's 58,000. That's still a lot. To be top 200? That was in 2001. There's the articles in 2001 for, and during the pandemic, the 2021. Yeah, yeah 2021. you know, 2020, it just blew up. So anyways, this is a great podcast. You'll enjoy it. Ryan Musgrave Evans, who's an experiencer Love it. of the crypto terrestrials enjoy the episode hey guys today's episode is brought to you by athletic greens i take athletic greens every day because i want better gut health more energy optimized immune system okay i hate taking a bunch of pills and vitamins i want a supplement that actually tastes great and want to see what the hype was all about so what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. And it's real simple, okay? It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamins, and it's important to choose 
one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Okay, it costs less than three dollars a day. You're investing in your in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy the show. We go deep, homeboy. <laughs> Open your mind. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Very excited to have this next gentleman on Uh, this show. We go far and wide to find the best guest for you. We don't just go local. We go global. And that's what I love that we're at the technology now where we can talk to somebody on the other end of this flat plane or this realm or this rock that's hurling through space whatever you want to believe okay uh to get the best the best i'm excited to have this next guest on he's an author he's a a researcher and he is an experiencer please welcome ryan musgrave evans how are you brother i'm well man thanks for having me guys no it's an honor to be here well we're excited to have you on You look like your your setting looks very professional. A lot of research looks like it happens, right? That's the guy who's done research this setting. Ryan, for those who may not be uh, familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where uh, where our guests can our listeners can find you and anything you might want to plug? Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, my name is Ryan Musgrave Evans. I'm a 43 year old Australian from Victoria. Um, I've experienced a lot of what you might call high strangeness all of my life sporadically when I was a kid, kind of like shadow people kind of stuff, poltergeist activity, uh, seeing beings paralysis, um, not being able to wake up other family members and seeing lights in the sky and being taken, being taken away and things like that. Those kinds of things were very, very interesting to say the least, but in the last 10 years, it's amped up dramatically um, and I've been having like full on experiences, taken, uh, medical procedures, um, uh, meetings. Um, now this has taken on more of an extraterrestrial bent. Whereas when I was a kid, I kind of interpreted it as being more like fairy or elf related or tree spirits. But once I started reading about Jacques Belay, that tied those things together and Mac Tony's another great author who wrote the crypto terrestrials. Uh, a meditation on indigenous humanoids and the aliens among us. Um, I came to understand that there's a common substratum running under these kinds of non-human entities from ancient times and folklore up till what you might call UFO law, abduction law today. And in my case as well, that is very appropriate to consider my early experiences that were more kind of like elves or fairies that made me impassioned about the Celtic fairy faith, learning Gaelic, being really interested in that kind of stuff. And um, more recent experiences that are much more typically kind of UFO-like and related. So that it all inspired me to uh, become interested in these things, you know, like um, uh, and, be, and be gripped by the passion and uh, to start investigating and seeking the particular race of beings that I know and recognise in, ca- in cases from ancient times and fairy folklore, non-human folklore and superstitions all the way up till today. 
uh, and building a crypto terrestrial profile. I've stolen Mac Tony's word, crypto terrestrial, which means hidden earthlings, because I consider these beings to be indigenous to this planet rather than extraterrestrial. Um, and this is why they have such an obsession and fascination with our genetic material, um, because they are uh, related to us. Um, and so I wrote a book, and uh, that's on Amazon, Children of Orion, Finding the Crypto Terrestrials. And I'm writing another one, and that's coming out early next year. Phil Mantle, the English, famous English ufologist, has his own little um, uh, press company going on, and he's, he said he's going to publish the second one as well. So I'm, I'm wrapped. Bang, congratulations on all that. Do you have a website or anything? Uh I've, I've got a YouTube channel, which is simply my name, Ryan Musgrave Evans. Otherwise, I don't really have a footprint online too much. Um, yeah, I'm not on social media or whatnot. So, yeah, my, my YouTube is the best place to find me. So so you are – it's such an interesting thing. I, I'm so into cryptos, uh, crypto, uh, you know, all that stuff cryptozoology all that stuff i love the term crypto uh terrestrial i love that uh i i I feel like you you have to believe in it to be able to see it if you don't want to believe in it you're never gonna see it you're never you're never your mind is never gonna let you to see all this stuff you know i i you know we talk about this a lot on the show like for me man what is this place we live on? I don't know. Is it flat? Is it round? Is it hollow? Is it is it a realm? I don't know. I flung first grade. I'm probably never going to solve that mystery, okay? I'm just going to go with it, and what, whoever I'm talking to that day, whatever they believe, we're just going to work from that, right? Uh, but I do believe this place is very special, and it's like it's like the Royal Rumble from professional wrestling, like everybody's coming to bang dog. It's like, they're coming at like the grays, the, the, the big foots, the, the ant people, the, the, the dog man, the, the fairies, everyone's coming. Super dude. slam. Yeah. Yeah. Super Again, slam. WrestleMania. And, and it's just all these amazing things that are happening out there. And what, what I believe has happened is that they have moved us into these, free range reservations that we call big cities, concrete jungles. And that has kind of like caused us to lose connection to these special things that don't show up as much. I may be wrong. I don't know if we see Bigfoots in Compton, right? Is there ever been a Bigfoot in Compton? I don't know. Never heard of it, but we'll see Bigfoots in Oregon and all these national parks. Cause that's nature. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Like why some people see it and why some people don't? I, I think that lots of people are having experiences all the time that they're not allowed to remember because part of the, an aspect of this kind of interaction with what I might call crypto terrestrials, but other people might call ETs, whatever, um, is that they have advanced technologies that allow them to manipulate your mind uh, mesmerize you, hypnotize you, and also suppress memories. So, um, in my opinion, uh, many, many people across the face of the earth are interacting with the same race of beings that I am, and also there's others, of course, um, but uh, are not allowed to remember it. So, if, if you are remembering uh, bizarre experiences, you know, these kinds of things manifest a lot 
the particular race that I interact with, it manifests a lot as though your house is haunted. Um, if you see dark shapes moving around your house, if you hear disembodied voices in the night, if you hear footsteps on your staircase or on the roof, laughter, music in your house, loud crashing sounds and things like that, most of the time people will interpret that as being ghostly, like residue of deceased humans, their spirits or something. But when I hear someone say that, I think, ah, okay, you're more likely than not a crypto-terrestrial experiencer, but you're only remembering sort of residual effects. Um, and there's there's a plethora of reasons why they might have honed in on you and be focusing on you. Um, some of it is that you may be in their breeding programs, uh, which is supposed to be consensual, but if they suppress your memory of having consented, uh, you'll be freaked out anyway and you'll just think your house is haunted. Um uh, so shadow people, um, are, are them in their cloaking suits, dark suits they wear, eyes glow red at night. Uh, they have helmets that have like telepath tech technology because they're no more naturally psychic or telepathic than we are, this particular race, but they rely on sophisticated tech to uh, drive into your mind and instill fear in your mind or feelings of love or uh, linguistic communications, abstracts ideas, send images into your mind and all that kind of thing. Uh, and people, I think, are having interaction with these kinds of beings all the time across the face of the earth. These beings that are living under our oceans, within our mountains, particularly in national and state parks and wilderness areas, not deep like a hollow earth, earth type scenario, but within the crust of the earth, fairly superficial uh, structures and habitations. Um, and they move around depending on, they seek the warmth. They're always looking for summer, you know, like a good surfer or whatever. Um, and um, they leave some areas dormant. But if it's a, if it's warm in your country at the moment, which it is for you dudes, of course, at the moment, um, they're going to be present in large numbers in your nationals and state parks. And people have interactions with them, I think, a lot. But very few people remember or are allowed to remember. And if you are remembering more than just shadow people and poltergeist. But if you actually, if they allow you to remember like being taken on board craft or interactions with them, they're doing it deliberately. They don't usually make mistakes and they'll have their own reasons for allowing you to have this experience. But um, yeah, I think that people are experiencing this particular race that calls themselves the Majana, they said they're called to me, which is a variation that's the same word as Wanjana, like the uh, the um, Australian Indigenous Australian petroglyphs in the Kimberley um, of the beings painted thousands of years old, painted onto the rock in ochre and whatnot. Um, and then also in in Zulu culture, they're called. I'm very certain it's the same race as well, called the Mantidanya. But these are all versions of the same word, Majana, which is what they call themselves, the people of Mana. Um, but um, yeah. So I'm rambling a bit now, but in my opinion, you're not rambling. It's great. All the people are having this kind of stuff happen all the time. But I don't know if you guys are Doctor Who fans at all, but there's a race on Doctor Who that's called um, the Silence, and it's just um, so new Doctor, Doctor Who or old Doctor Who. New Doctor Who. But there's this race. People like some of your audience might, if they're Doctor Who fans, it's a way of sort of encapsulating this idea. In, in Doctor Who, there's these tall, weird creatures that sort of one little one lot of characters, one kind of race of aliens in Doctor Who. But when you see them, you can experience them. When you turn away, you forget that you even saw them even a few seconds before. 
And when you see them again, all of a sudden you're freaked out again. And they can just, in that story, they can mess with your mind. In a similar kind of way, real crypto terrestrials and ETs can do this to people. So you might have gone out, you know, wheel your uh, wheel the trash out to the street or something like that early in the morning, had some kind of interaction. By the time you get back inside, you won't remember it. Or you might may remember aspects, like residual aspects. So they might have even slipped in a bit of a screen memory so that you think you were talking to an owl or a fox or mess with your memories like that as well. They can do that kind of thing too. But, um, but yeah, people are having this happen all the time, but not many people are being allowed to remember major aspects of it. And their reasons for allowing certain people to remember is best known to them. Um, uh, I think sometimes they have particular, you know, they, they have prophetic technologies as well, I call them, which is like the capacity to see potential futures and pilot reality oh, in wow. the sense of piloting it, like piloting a research project or piloting a new TV series. Like Kang the Conqueror. They can test in a sort of an abstract way, if they do this, then this will happen, then this, then this, and work it out like a chess game and already have a, a established in their own um, world what kind of behaviour they have to map out to have certain results, effects, to bear the fruit of that 10 years from now, 100, even 1,000 years from now. And so sometimes when they're interacting with people and are choosing to allow them to remember and not other people, um, it, it's, it might not be obvious as to why they've chosen some person uh, as opposed to someone else that you think would be more appropriate in some way because they're not necessarily thinking about what's happening now. They're thinking about a, the long game, long-term effects. Um, but yeah. Hey, guys, listen, it's getting crazy out there. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting all of us where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why you guys should check out Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you're earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the Upside app, use my promo code TINFOIL, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with credit card, debit card, or get and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyal programs, you can earn three times more cash cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Dude, I downloaded it. I'm saving loot, dude. Gas, groceries, it's all mine. And I'm getting the cash back, 5%, let's go. How easy is the app to use? Oh, you just download it. Just download it, put in your name, you and go. You're good to go. You're good to go. Unbelievable, Xavier. You know if Xavier's using it, anyone can use it. <laughs> download the free Upside app and use promo code TINFOIL to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Use the promo code TINFOIL. I, uh, I, I want to get into this group a little more, but you said that um, you... Do you think there's more than one cryptid group? Do you think there's many different cryptid groups and different cryptid terrestrials or cryptids just in general um there's there's four that i know of 
and there may be more, but I personally doubt it, but, you know, there certainly could be more, but there's four particular ones. Um, and the, so there's the Madhyana. There's another one called the Sabedjana, which is a dark, uh, which are the, the beings from the Virginia incident in uh, Brazil in the 1990s. So there's a documentary that's going to be coming out soon about that particular crash. But uh, small, dark brown beings with oily skin, claws, three ridges along the tops of their head. They only get to about four foot tall. That's one group. Then there's another one that is um, uh, a grey kind of colour, which is more like a stereotypical pulp culture grey. And then there's another one that is paler in skin, larger cranium, looks more like, um, oh, what's that uh, DreamWorks um, Megamind? You know the character Megamind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it looks a bit more like that, and you can still see the whites of their eyes. And they have... Um, uh, skin that almost looks like a snake or a lizard's belly uh, and less less dramatic claws, the other ones. But the Majina is the one I'm particularly interested in. And you, people normally call them tall whites or sometimes they call them Nordics, but they don't just look like Scandinavian supermodels. They don't just look like hot babes. Uh, they, they, they do look, they're the ones that look most like us, but they are still quite different. They have long faces, heavy chins, less structure to their nose, much larger eyes than us that are usually blue, but as they get older, they can turn violet and then pink. Um, they can get incredibly tall, so they can get to heights of like eight, nine, even ten foot tall at advanced ages. And they take a very, very long time to grow so that they can be, if they're five years older, so they can be like still only two foot tall and they, they gradually grow up. It takes them a 100 years to get to about six foot and they keep on going, keep on going, and they can live to a prolonged ages this is the race that charles james hall called tall whites he coined that term in the early 2000s he wrote the books the millennial hospitality series of books that are his memoirs of being posted to Dallas air force base as a weather observer in the 60s and he had prolonged and regular interaction with a race that he said were tall chalk white uh, skin white to blonde hair sparse hair huge blue eyes um with underground habitations there in the mountains at Indian Springs. Um, and and it would also chirp and whistle and bark, which is an important element of this group as well, because they have what I call camo cants. Or Sounds like they like, cat call. Like, did you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mommy, mama, hang out here on Bigfoot. Yeah, dude. So you're saying there's four of them, but are those the only four you believe in? Like, meaning, like, you don't believe in, like, skinwalkers or Mothman or, or Bigfoots well, or anything? Uh, well, skinwalkers are them, I'm quite certain, and so is Mothman. Mothman is them. That's their soldier suits. I call them boa suits after the Antonio Villas Boas case in Brazil because there was a version of that suit seen. Skin tight. So I've seen these things. They're in a fair few different cases you can find. The Chris Bledsoe case, um, he has drawn them and, and seen these suits as well. Um, Kelly Kale in Australia saw these suits. Um, there's um, there's a few different. Uh, oh, Charles Hall himself describes these suits in one of his books as well. Um, these tight suits they can cloak in them, uh, where you can get like a heat shimmer kind of look, kind of like the Predator movies. Or sometimes you wouldn't even know they were there at all. They can com- be completely invisible. Um, they have like a long nose piece that hangs down that uh, resonates and amplifies sound, so that they call out and hoot and roar and bellow and howl 
to communicate over massive distances in like wild wilderness areas and state parks and whatnot, but they can amplify it with this nose piece that hangs down and sort of flares out. Um, and then they have like a breathing apparatus. They can breathe out air, but they have a lot of allergies. So they, it filters out of pollen and dust and whatnot. Um, they can levitate in these suits, in which case they shimmer and like a bit of a black cloud comes up over the top of them. At night, their eyes glow red. So they have these uh, round goggles, normally round, but sometimes right. elliptical. That sounds like Mothman, um, right? Yeah. yeah, Mothman. So Mothman is them. Mo- Mothman is a, a tall white's military um, grade suits. Um, ah. And they have, a, they have a structured, stratified, um, highly hierarchical military system as well. Um, and they are, they are incredibly dangerous if you get on the wrong side of them. But they have, they, they have their, their personalities run the whole gamut of like Homo sapiens people. You know, um, you can have people that are incredibly cruel on one end, and then people that are incredibly compassionate on the other. And it comes down to the individual with them as to you know what kind of dude, what kind of person they're going to be. But for the most part, they can be incredibly flighty. They can be dangerous, and they do kill Homo sapiens sometimes, particularly in wilderness areas, and particularly if you're armed, and they consider you to be an aggressive and having aggressive and malicious intent. Um, and uh, I'm quite certain that some of the um, missing 411 cases that David Politis famously talks about, particularly cases pertaining to hunters, that's probably them some of the time at least. Um, and you've said we've all met one. They just... Well, I think lots of people have, yeah. And they You very well may have. They decide if we remember it or not. Yeah. They don't usually make mistakes. So if you do remember it, it's interesting have a loud that you say that about confusion and not remembering things. Because I do remember, you know, I've not talked about this element of it. I, I, I've said a few times I've seen a UFO. And I do remember feeling disoriented, like confused about I was trying to kind of line up what I was looking at. And, and then afterward, I had almost an amnesia for it. It was at a distance. So I wonder if that had something to do with the effect, maybe not being as strong. But I do remember feeling kind of, kind of, yeah. it's hard to describe, but just a little. It's giving me like Men in Black vibes. You know how Men in Black they do yeah. that, yeah. and you forget. If you forgot, like hopefully he doesn't forget yeah. to do it. If not, yeah. you remember everything. That's how yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting a picture of that. That's a good example. Yeah, a fictional example for sure. That kind of memory su- suppression. You know, but a lot of these things they're not really wiping your memory. They're suppressing it, or um, where they are still accessible. You know, and of course, a lot of people use. Um, hypno-regression and things like that to try and locate some of these memories. What's their Sometimes regard? Be- Sorry. 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 Well, what's their regard for us as humans? What, 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 I mean, how does the average uh, average one of these uh, creatures, how do they regard us? The, the race? Uh, not, not overly well. I don't think, because they share the planet with us now. Their, their history is incredibly complicated. They're, they're interdimensional. They're related to us, but they're actually from different dimension, dimensions. It depends on what you mean by time travel. You could even say that they're time travelers, but they're from a version of our future. They've come back seeking. They have genetic problems. They're impoverished from manipulating their own genomes, genomes too much, from doing too much genetic engineering yeah. to prolong their own lifespans and things like that. And so now they have all of these problems. Yeah, sorry, dude, what are you going to say? No, dude, it sounds like what we're going... I mean, like, you've heard stories of uh, the, you know, when asteroids smash into the planet what was that called the the uh, there's an actual term for it when as- asteroids came and hit the planet the, 
the driest. The, oh, the younger, oh, yeah. Right, right. The What's period. it called? The younger driest. Yeah, younger driest. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 yeah that's what that, dinosaurs got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they talk about that. And that was involved, if you listen to Anunnaki or some stories of that stuff, that it involved uh, our DNA, right? Because these archons were mating with humans and creating Nephilim, and the gods are like, oh, no, silly goose. And then they yeah. sat down and hit the reset. And, and you know, you take a look at what's happening right now in our life with this vaccine, the DNA splicing and all that. Here we are again manipulating our dna and all that it's interesting man it's interesting so you had these people from the future coming back trying to figure out shit because they they shish kebab themselves too much yeah that's right they think of us as free-range archaic humans you know like they've got they've got they've established this world here now where they have ancient versions of themselves that are still relatively healthy and so they they you know they shag us sometimes in the old-fashioned kind of way, or, you know, which, you know, there's there's lots of examples of that, like the case of Peter Curry in Sydney um, in 1992, I think it was. He's had a lot of experiences, that, that guy, but the one he's most famous for is when the woman left her hair and they did DNA testing on it and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, she was she was there to shag, you know. Uh, and then in, uh, in uh, Brazil as well, Antonio Villas-Boas, same kind of thing. So they copulate with us. They're so closely related to us they can even – this particular group, anyway, they can even, you know, have intercourse with us, have progeny. Um, uh, but um, also, you know, even when they're not doing that, they're incredibly interested in harvesting our DNA because we are the way they were before they fell from grace, in a sense, but, um, before they destroyed and unraveled their own genetic structure. So they require us to not go extinct, basically. You can, you, can you explain Sorry. Sorry. Well, can you explain what you mean by that? Because you're you're saying now that they're they're long lived, right? Is is that the same species? But they have difficulty reproducing. Is that what you mean? They have difficulty reproducing, and they're they're long lived, which is something that they deliberately tried to um, engineer. But and if they're lucky, they will live to advanced stages. But they're incredibly susceptible to diseases, allergies. Um, Their bodies don't heal properly or quickly enough. Um, p- particularly um, bacteria or infections from bacteria, they're prone to that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, it's very, very easy for them without their technology, say, just in the natural environment, wandering around the earth to develop an infection, to die. So they're poorly, they're sickly, their constitution is bad. Um, whereas we, compared to them, are incredibly healthy still, you know, uh, and and they they... They augment their own genes with ours. They don't seem to be able to come up with a permanent solution to this. So they constantly reintegrate our healthy genes with theirs. Um, but uh, yeah, but if they're lucky enough, they can live, and and, and if they're uh, careful enough, they can theoretically live to ages of like seven, even eight hundred years. Oh wow! But without oh, wow. their technologies, they'd be pretty stuffed. You know. Um, they they wouldn't be able to function anymore without their advanced technologies, their suits, and um, uh, you know uh, a lot of their craft and things like that. Amazing technologies. In a physical, they also though some some. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, sorry. In a physical confrontation, though, we could like if without their tech, we could take overcome oh, yeah. them, right? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're we're like gorillas to them or something. That's what I was we could just oh, smash yeah. their bones, and they'd be, and it yeah. takes them ages to heal. That's where we're From headed. A broken though. arm, they could easily die. Well, yeah. they sound like they're super advanced. Sound like vegans. They yeah, yeah, we're headed they, there. They don't <laughs> they want. They can't reproduce. They, vegans, they sound like Japanese to me. They said they're right, vegans. They, they, yeah, they, they only they only eat, they only eat plant products. They refuse to wear. Um, animal products as well. They only wear synthetic clothing I and I think I, I'm a vegan. I've been a vegan for eleven years. <laughs> Does that wait? Wait, did you now? Did you do that because of uh, because of the the influence of this? Uh, hey, that's this how you live that long. So. Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. Yeah, really. Because they yeah. actually were saying to me, like one stage there, I fell off the wagon and I ate chicken, and they said to me, "You are a monster." Do not do that again. Oh wow! And then an, at an, another time, um, I was we were out of uh, vegetarian sausages, you know, fake sausages, and we we're at a party, and I had a real one, and they had something to tell them, something to say about that as well, saying not to eat meat. Damn, uh, there was a somebody who um, was on my Zero podcast who did like ayahuasca, went deep, and Anthony was like, "You can't eat pizza, dude." And he's like, what? Pizza? Yeah. Just pizza. Be- no, he, he can't eat animal products. Ah, oh. uh, right, yeah. I mean, imagine well, going... I mean, sorry. No, go on. Uh, have, you guys, have you guys... Have you seen... Um, well, this is that show on Netflix, um, The Game Changers. If you watch The Game Changers, you'll be a vegan. You watch yeah, that, that documentary, shit. Yeah. It's a- <laughs> no, it is brutal what we do to animals, of course, of course. I mean, I think it's just... That's brutal what I did to animals in my, my teens. Yeah. yeah. As, a, as a farmer. Johnny, if you knew what Johnny did, he'd be your Hitler. I'd tell you right now. <laughs> yeah. Johnny could never be a vegan. Johnny, yeah. Johnny's just oh, no. gross. Definitely not. He's just gross. So so you don't be- you believe that all these different cryptids fall under these four th- categories. There could be yeah. there could be Bigfoot, but he would be one of your four categories. Uh I think oh well. You know, I don't argue against the existence of Bigfoot. There might Bigfoot as some, you know, societal group of ancient hominids left over might be out there somewhere. But I think um, a lot of what's counted as being Bigfoot, say Sasquatch, is these this group, the Mudjina. Um, especially if they're seen like out in the forest, they can get to extreme heights. Um, when they're wearing their super soldier suits, they are super strong and have super speed and things like that, even though they are frail under them, you know, um, they make the sounds they make like the Sierra sounds, for example, recorded by Al Berry and Ron Moorhead in the seventies and the Sierra Nevada mountains. Um, they're definitely mudgina tall whites. I've heard them doing this other people as well. There's cases of them doing this, that the way they speak normally sounds to us like, like a samurai, like really deep resonating Japanese, so there's been a few times where they've spoken this around me or to me, but they also flick between that and um, these camouflage languages and code switch and sound like they're hooting, roaring, growling, barking and mimic wildlife, twittering. Um, now, there's a particular case um, called the, the, the Soria case from Spain from the 70s uh, where a guy was invited on board a UFO with his dog. He was out hunting in a UFO landed. He was invited on board. The, the tall, fair beings with huge blue eyes and long pointed faces and long chins um, were more interested in his dog and investigating the dog than they were in the man himself, apparently. But 
according to the the testimony. But the description that bloke gave, um, Julio Fernandez, his name was, the description that guy gave of their speech as they're uh, speaking together, interacting with each other and not him, is a perfect description of the Sierra sounds. So I don't know if you guys have listened to the Sierra sounds. Um, you hear a bit of them on uh, David Pilate's Missing 411, The Hunted documentary, uh, when he actually goes and, and um, interviews Ron Moorhead. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so so the sounds they make as well that people often think or, or attribute to Bigfoot are tall whites or marginal. Um, and they have huge feet too. And they do go big, they do go barefoot sometimes. Sometimes they actually do go barefoot. Um, so some of the tracks people see that, that attribute, attribute to Bigfoot could possibly be them as well. So, there's also cases like at Skinwalker Ranch uh, where there's Bigfoot activity, um, and different kinds of cryptids, you know, giant wolves, giant other kinds of giant canids, creatures that kind of look like um, uh, small dinosaurs and things like that. You know, and, and uh, you know, in the famous case of Skinwalker Ranch there, the rancher actually used, you know, high-powered rifle to blow holes out of the back of a giant dire wolf that was there that was attacking their lambs or t- attacking their um, calves, I think. Um, and it had no pain response and it just trotted off. And then when they followed it, the prints led nowhere. Um, and, and there's other cases of ranch cases, farm cases, where there'll be these large cryptid animals that people would normally think of as being maybe like extinct ancient like megafauna that are extinct now and they see them and they're there and they're moving around but they're almost um and even though they are tangible because they can attack animals and smash down fences and things like that these creatures uh they can you know be beamed up like scotty they just disappear they they like in some sense they are intangible now i think sometimes bigfoot can fall under this category where people see large, uh, you know, hitherto thought extinct primate beings, but they're, there's, it's almost like they're a tool being used by crypto-terrestrials to instill fear in people, to expel them from certain places. They yeah, don't them. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not real. You know, somehow they're not real. Like, they're, they're engineered. They're, they're transient life forms. You know, there's something even though they sort of behave like they're alive, they're not really. And the, and the wolf that had the pieces shut off the back, you know, like Colin Callagher, uh, who wrote with George Knapp's uh, Hump of the Skinwalker, he said that um, apparently the flesh after it left the animal was still on the ground and it was rotten. It was like it was decayed flesh. Like the being, it's now whether the being itself was sort of like a zombie kind of animal and it was decayed, decaying or whether it, the flesh once it left the animal rapidly began began decaying you know who knows but um these sometimes i think some reports of cryptids even even bigfoot can be attributed to them being some kind of another one of the tools in their arsenal for manipulating us and instilling fear in us and expelling us from places that are close to their underground habitations you know in skinwalker ranch as well sorry i'm rambling a bit now but i'll just say skinwalker ranch uh in my opinion is very close to an underground facility of these marginal or tall whites. Uh, another element of proof from that is that the ranchers, when they were there, the, the ranching family, the particularly famous one, um, I think they're called the Gormans in the book, but that's just a pseudonym, but I can't remember their real name. But um, they saw what they described as RVs, like recreational vehicles, huh. parked on the property that would 
levitate and pass over hedges and over trees and were piloted by giant men in dark suits that would leave huge footprints. Um, Now, this is now Charles Hall in the Millennial Hospitality books he wrote about the tall whites. That's one of the types of craft he described, what he calls RV craft. Now, these are probably comparable to what people call Tic Tacs now as well. They may be the same thing. Um, But uh, the Tic Tacs, I don't think, necessarily reported as having windows along the sides, whereas these other craft often have windows along the sides. But anyway, other than that, um, quite similar. But um, so that's more evidence for um, the the tall whites or Majina being behind Skinwalker Ranch in some way as well. Wow! So we have an opportunity to go there. Would you Would you say avoid that neck of the woods? What What, what do you think? Uh, I, well, I, I think as long as you're um, respectful, I think that's the point. As long as you're friendly and respectful, respectful, and you know threat to them, because they get violent, aggressive, homicidal, even if um, their children are threatened um, and they're, they're particularly anti-canine, they don't like dogs, you know, so and it might seem like a contradiction where I said before they're vegans and all this kind of stuff, but they don't have any sense of humour about guard dogs, um, about uh, dogs being kept on properties and things like that, and they will slash the throats of dogs uh, that come too close to them. Um, and they wear in their, on their suits, these boa suits, these cloaking suits, they have prosthetic claws, these long claws that they wear, and they use these to cut the throats of uh, oh, wow. dogs in particular. Um, well, sounds why, like why Black Panther yeah. meets yeah, it Wolverine, really does, right? Yeah, yeah, it really does. <laughs> That's all right. And they're, and they're not, it's not beyond them as well to kill cattle if they want to prove a point. So a lot of cattle mutilations, in my opinion. They sound like uh, asshole vegans, bro. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't eat meat, but I'll fuck your pets up like, if you like go near my kids. Yeah, yeah. That's what PETA does. Long, they don't eat the pets, though. <laughs> they just let them to die. Why are their kids in this? Why are their kids along for the ride? Uh, yeah. It sounds like they're here mostly yeah. on business. Who brings why are their, their kids to a haunting? It's yeah. like, I couldn't find a babysitter, so <laughs> just hang out here as we haunt fucking Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> Yeah, their kids, they do take their kids around everywhere. I'll find um, them. That's interesting. Uh, you said there's four types of cryptids, right? Uh, do they yeah, interact with each other? Do yeah. they interact with each other? Are they like homies? The- yeah, two two of them are, yeah. Two of them, the Sebetjina and the Majina, are closely allied, and the others not so much. But the, the, the small brown ones that I talked about before, the Virginia, from the Virginia incident, they are. Yeah. They, they, more, they have like ridges across the top of their skulls. They kind of look like a, what you'd think was a grey, but they're actually dark brown. But more usually, if you see them outside their craft, well, they wear these helmets that have tall pointed ears, um, which is some kind of technology. They kind of look like a goblin in their helmets. So the the beings in the, um, Kentucky, you know, the Kentucky goblins, the uh, Hopkinsville goblins are them, an example of them, but actually when they're wearing their helmets. Um, so that, that race that are called the Sebet, you know, the people of Sebet, which is, um, I think Sebet is Zeta Reticuli, but um, these guys, they're originally from a kind of Earth. So they are they are crypto-terrestrials in the sense that they're indigenous to the Earth or a version of Earth, but in their timeline, they've left Earth. So that means the Majina are called Orions as well because they've left Earth. So Earth is like an ancient home to them an ancient memory, and they've gone back to an ancient version of it to harvest DNA, to make themselves whole again. 
But yeah. that, that two, those two races, the tall whites or Majina and the little brown ones, brownies maybe you could call them, uh, Sebedjina, they're very closely allied they, and they do most things together. Um, and the other two, not so much, I don't think. I think they have come to, into conflict as well in the past, but anyway, yeah. Hey, so is there anywhere we can listen to the Sierra sounds? Yeah, we, we've had that before on the show. I can play really? it right now. I have yeah, it right I'd like here. to hear it. I don't remember it. Rain for night. You find it on YouTube. So, I think you can buy CDs from Ron Moorhead as well. And uh, I'm sorry, what's that? Say that one more I think time. You can, you can buy the CDs from Ron Moorhead and whatnot, but I think it's also just available on YouTube. Um, That's what we're going to do. That's the sounds. These are the, the banging, yeah, and I think the voices are live. It's like four. That's it. Keep in mind, there's not supposed to be any primates in this neck of the woods, you know what I'm saying? Like, yet you're hearing these sounds. of it where you hear them actually speaking their normal language as well and it sounds kind of like sometimes it's called um samurai chatter yeah people have called I think the loudest sound is the the guy trying to communicate with yeah, with them. Yeah, it sounds like almost like a chimpanzee sound too. I mean, right? it's a, it's a definitely a primate of some sort for sure. Yeah. I would say. I'm I'm trying to get to the samurai sounds. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a kung fu movie from yeah. the 70s. It does. Like. Imagine that's yeah. how they actually spoke to each other in Japanese. But that's also like when somebody is like speaking a foreign language and you're like, did I just say anything? Bing, bing, pa, town, bang, gang, gang. Yeah, it is funny him trying to talk back to him, right? He's right? Like, you're like, did I just say anything? <laughs> you're being culturally insensitive yeah. to us. What if a, right what if a Bigfoot just walked out and yeah. was like, we do not like these very much. <laughs> these are very rude. <laughs> you are being culturally insensitive. You are microaggression. <laughs> the, the, the Spanish guy from the uh, 70s that described what they sounded like, the tall whites when he met them, he said, um, it sounds like the martial arts cries of the Orient. That's the way it was described. Uh, <laughs> ah, that's interesting. So where are your... 
Oh, suck it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like every episode yeah. of the movie Kill Bill, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, do you have a soap? Uh, yeah. We get the very dirty in the woods. <laughs> Stinky. I was right when I said Japan, right? I was like, yeah. it sounds like the Japanese, man. Futuristic yeah, does, Japanese, bro. They're not having kids. They're super smart. <laughs> They're making futuristic shit. They're just Japanese yeah. coming back going, well, how, did, how the fuck did we get here? Giant Japanese, because some, some experts have uh, analyzed the sounds and they reckon that particularly the deep voice is being made by someone seven to eight foot tall. Some Yao so, Ming's uh, dog just all running around. Damn, dude. So listen, <laughs> obviously I've had uh paranormal experiences. Johnny has, I don't know if you have. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, no no chupacabras. Like, no chupacabras, no, no Ouija boards, no, no La Fa what's the other one? Like Yorona, none of that. Nothing. 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 Well, I have. I've experienced. Talk to me a little bit about your experiences. Yeah. Um, well, when I was a kid, the experience was more poltergeist-like um, and less interesting, really, uh, than the ones that I've had in the past 10 years or so. You know you've um, been through some shit when yeah. poltergeist stuff is like, yeah, you know, nothing like that. A couple hauntings. Some weird uh, <laughs> poltergeist possession stuff. Nothing too big. Had an Amityville yeah, horror, but that's yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah, my house fucking just became the gateway to hell, but, you know, nothing too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically lived the plot of Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, yeah. No, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. About 10 years ago, I had, like, a really major experience that got me sort of got me cottoned on to being interested in the E.T. kind of side of things. I thought, hold on, this might be E.T. related because I've been thinking of it, like I said, it's more like fairies or elves or something like that. And um, I was standing on the porch suddenly in the middle of the night. Um, and I was uh, – now, this is a state of mind that re recurs when I'm having experiences with them. And Charles Hall talks about similar states of mind to this when he was interacting with them as well. Is I was standing there on my porch in the middle of the night, and then I was like, why am I here? And then I turned around and started lining up drinking glasses and money, like piling coins and sorting them and things like in an obsessive sort of way, OCD kind of way. And I was like, this is weird. I'm going back inside. As I started to walk back inside, I started levitating. And then I went up over the top of the roof of the veranda, up into something, and then was laid down on a bed. What? And then this woman, this woman with huge blue eyes, my leg was sort of crossed over so there was space below my right leg on the bed or whatever it was for her to sit down and she looked straight at me and then I felt incredibly incredibly comfortable and felt serene and so there was no fear. Um, the whole time this was happening, there was this sound that almost I liken it to like someone grabbing a spade and scratching it along the top of concrete over and over again like a... I don't know what that was, like, it, but I've started to wonder whether maybe I was hearing the sound of my own heartbeat or breathing or something like that, but there was this weird sound permanently in the background. This huge person, skinny, tall person came over um, with dark eyes. So they wear lenses. Their medics wear black lenses over their eyes, like smart tech. I don't know what it is. With a cap on, uh, um, a mask. Like a, you know, just like our own doctors, like our own nurses. COVID was everywhere, <laughs> even on that uh, ship. They were wearing COVID masks. <laughs> 
protocols. Really, was- really long hands. Four, so the, the four fingers much longer than ours and then like a little vestigial thumb further up their hand. And the guy, and he had rubber gloves on, reached into my mouth and started checking my teeth like a dentist. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is, I'm not afraid. Although, and I was thinking, I've got to remember this. Surely I have to remember this. Um, and then he wandered around behind me and lifted up my head and drilled no. into the back of my skull, the top of my vertebrate there. Um, it's the most painful thing I've ever had in my life, more painful than like tattoos I've had like under my arm and uh, rotten teeth and all this kind of stuff. Blows that away, incredibly painful. Um, but it, the whole time just felt serene. Um, and then they laid my head back down again and then there was a scan over my body going up and down. Um, and then there was like images flashing across my mind, like they'd sort of ta- like they'd taken over my visual cortex or something. Flashing images of like forests, oceans, mountains, um, and then the last image they showed me was this huge tree with some kind of a building in the background, um, and then and then they were gone. And that was my first like being baptized into the more in- intense experiences that were to come. Um, and after after these sort of tabletop inspections and things like that have been happening for a while, I invited them in to like have been a drink with me or something. I actually said, I projected a thought and said, thanks for allowing me to remember these things because I was cognizant that if I'm allowed to, if I'm remembering something, it's I'm being allowed to. I was thinking these kinds of things have probably been happening to me before, but they've been suppressed, but they've allowed me this now. So I said, thank you very much. But how about you dudes come and visit me, have a cup of coffee, maybe have a beer, you know, something more like this. So maybe you'd say it's a C5 human-initiated contact or whatever. But a few nights later, standing in my kitchen, talking to someone who I thought was my wife. Right. So this is um, where you get this kind of what people might call doppelganger effects as well, where you're having an interaction with a person and then it turns out it was not that person, like they have a double. But this was them projecting into my mind to see the individual as my wife. We were talking for... A long time, for a long—I don't know exactly how long—and unfortunately, I can't remember exactly what we're talking about. But we were getting along well. She was leaning against the kitchen sink. I was over the other side of the table talking to her, and then my head started to go sort of weird, and I knelt down on the floor, crawled out of the room, and started doing this thing again, like I mentioned before. I started getting socks and matching them up and lining them up. Then I started levitating. Was put back in bed taken over the top of my wife and they sat me down on the bed and then relinquished control. So I was completely awake again. And I just started crapping myself basically. Like I was having adrenaline rushes pumping through my body and a, and a strong female voice said into my mind, we just had a date. And then I felt fear again. And she said, I roll my eyes at you. And then I heard her walking through the house, opening the front door, closing it and walking out the driveway. So that was, the first time I ever had like a, and then when I was thinking about her, this, I could break through the screen memory and I could see that it wasn't my wife. And I was thinking, how could I have thought that was my wife? So she's a tall um, chalk white woman with huge blue eyes in a tight black suit with like a circular technology on her chest. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so that was the, so, so those kinds of pr- the medical procedures and then also more personal, personable 
Dude, that's crazy. Know, interactions. Uh, that's the some crazy kind. shit. Did you feel something when they put that thing behind your head? Did, yeah, did he you, said it's the most like, painful yeah. thing you ever but felt. But like for how long? Like, did it go away? Did while it just disappear? Just while it was happening. And I've had other experiences like that where there was no pain, but where I could feel it actually going in. One in the top of my skull once, and then a drill in the bottom of my foot. And then they rolled me over and started drilling into the back of, uh, into my back, I think, into a, a rib. Oh. And I actually tried to, because I, I was I was awake through it, like they hadn't put me out, they were allowing me to experience it and stuff. So I moved my hand there, and my hand was in the way, so they slapped my hand out of the way. Oh and then I put my, went to reach back again, and they slapped my hand back out of the way again. And I was like, okay, I'm not supposed to be involved in this. Uh, and then and they, they zapped me in the spine like that, doing stuff, but... It, that wasn't painful that time, even though I could feel it going in. Um, now, and, and that time, that time I said to them, uh, I'm going to thank them for this. I'm going to say something into the, the, like the operation theater or whatever it was. Uh, there's this weird projection. I don't know if it was a window as well, or if it was like a, a display of um, a purple mauve sky with like purple rocks and crags and things like that. And, and, um, and this, and the woman with big blue eyes, I was going to say something. And before I could even say it, she leant down into my face and shushed me. <laughs> and then she walked off and I said it anyway. I said, oh, thanks, Orion's, because you can call them Orion's because they've had an involvement with the Orion's belt anyway. So, um, and, and then there was no response and they just kept working on me and stuff. And then I thought I was, I thought I was hilarious for being able to say something. And she said to me, then it is not funny. And I, I, I felt like a bit of an idiot. And then she goes, but you received an ovation, you know, like a, like an applause or an ovation or something. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not, so there's mixed messages there. So she's a Karen. Everyone else enjoyed the joke except for her. Oh, I got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was not funny. Even though everyone enjoyed it. Sounds like you've, some people you've run into. Yeah. It sounds like every night in my life. That is so insane. So what's that procedure? Is that harvesting genetic material? Is that what that is? Uh, well, that one I, uh, yeah. So the, first, the the one that I said that was painful, I asked them about that and they said um, transmitter. And the, but the one, the, the time that I got it done in the top of my head and in my foot and in the rib in the same session, I said, what was that about? And they said, um, for language and running. And I said, what does that mean? And they said, it's a gift. Stop going on about it. It sounds yeah. like they communicate with you in a, in a kind of a, a broken form of English. Now, is that just because it's, it's telepathic and maybe you're, you don't have the equipment for telepathy? Or what is, what is that? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, the, the way that kind of telepathy works, that might be it, yeah. Uh, the way that kind of telepathy works as well, or it seems to work with me anyway, is that it's... Um, it's it's linguistic in nature. It's it's but it feels like it's a silent voice, like maybe your own reading voice when you're silently reading to yourself or something like that. But sometimes it's obviously masculine, obviously feminine, or sometimes it can be sort of neutral. Um, and it feels almost like it's tangible, like it's like it's solid, like it's three D somehow. Um, like it, and it's expressed much faster than a person could articulate a sentence so it's like a whole sentence comes as like a packet like a but thought you can almost still experience it like it's in english you know uh and and also and if they're particularly cl standing close when they do it 
you feel a thump in your head. You actually feel like your whole mind sort of move. Wow. And if they and if they and also if they're very close, like I've had this a few times, my ears pop. So I don't know what that is, like a change in air pressure or something that's involved with the technology. I don't understand that. But I've had my ears pop when it happens as well sometimes. But, yeah, sometimes they speak a few sentences in one go but delivered very quickly, or sometimes it'll just be a few words. Um, Fascinating. But they they can also project images into your mind. They can take over your eyes. They've done this to me as well where once I woke up in bed and I could see the ceiling and the, like, chest of drawers with a lamp on it off on the periphery. And then I turned my head, but I could still only see the ceiling huh. with the chest of drawers and the lamp. And then I felt hands on me and they were rolling me around and moving. They even sat me up, but I could still only see the ceiling of my bedroom with the lamp and all that there. Like they were overriding, huh. like they didn't want me to see on that particular occasion where I was. So they were overriding what I could see. But they were doing it in this way, which does seem kind of primitive in a way, where they've just hijacked my eyes or something. But they've put one solid image, you know, one yeah. one unchanging image over the top, regardless of what I'm doing, turning my eyes and things like that, and I can still just see the same fixed image. So that was pretty full on as well. So they, but and they can all and they can send images into your mind, like just um, uh, you know, like images, like I said earlier, of like buildings, people. Uh, uh, you know, nature, wilderness areas, whatever. Um, and then also sometimes abstract ideas. Like all of a sudden I feel like I go to ask them something and then I already have the answer and I understand. Uh, but like it didn't come in a linguistic way, not like not like telepathic speech, but like some kind of notion was expressed to me somehow. Inception. Uh, yeah, like yeah, like like a down. Sometimes people in ufology call that kind of thing a, a download. I think where you just huh. all of a sudden there's this extra information you've got and you don't know how you got. Did they give you any indication of, of why? Did you ask why you? Why did you ask that? Uh, yeah, I, I've asked that a lot. They're not normally. They, they they've said to me things like, "Oh, you." They call me n- needle in a haystack. They say that a lot when they're talking to me. They That's refer your code to code name kind of, needle in a haystack. <laughs> needle in a haystack. Yeah, I mean, and it's and it's long winded and it and it, it it sounds silly or whatever, but it's like right, okay. Um, and it was I think it's uzbulu in their own language, which in their language means salt in sand, which expresses the same kind of idea. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're looking, um, and. Uh, so they say they've known me all my life, though, as well. So that suggests they weren't really looking for me. And they say needle and haystack suggests you're looking for a certain kind of person or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit conflicted there where they've said, yeah, they've known me all my life on one hand, but then also they call me needle in a haystack. They also call me clever monkey, which huh. is a bit patronising, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and I think at first I just thought they wanted me to um, – okay, hold on a sec. I'll just I'll wind back a bit here to – when I was in my early 20s and I used to go camping in the Dandenong Ranges, um, it's like a mountain range east of Melbourne, um, a huge eucalypt forest there. Um, and I used to camp there sometimes. And one time I went up there and I was particularly interested in elves and fairies and Celtic lore and I sent out, I thought, oh, if there are such things as elves, this is a perfect place for them, this huge forest up in the mountains. And I had... That was in my early 20s and I had full-on experience where in the tent um, there were lights outside 
Nowadays, I suppose I'd think of them as orbs. Back then, I'd know what to call them. They're just lights moving around, people running around the tent, touching the outside of the tent, and then missing time where it was night, but then all of a sudden, boom, it was morning. And I was like, um, and I said to them, oh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll help you in things, anything that you want or need done. This is something that I'd said to them. Cause I, and I was particularly interested as well in uh, witchcraft and druidism and things like that as, as well. And I was saying to them, I'll be your druid. I'll help you in things that you want. And then they said to me, we'll hold you to the bargain. And then, and then just like a few years ago, they like 10, 10 years ago, it was probably something like that. It was a fair while ago now, but they said to me, will we hold you to that bargain? And then I was like, ah, the, 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 the fairies are the same dudes, you know? Um, and I was like, okay, so what do you want me to do? And I was thinking they wanted me to write, write books and try to prove beyond reasonable doubt that they exist by pattern recognition, not so much necessarily by talking about my own experiences, which I don't in my book until the very end, but, but establish like an investigation into their presence and use profiling techniques um, to, you know, build a compendium of characteristics of their habitation, language, appearance, behaviours, um, and demonstrate through time that they are the same beings from ancient Celtic mythology called um, like the gentry, tall, fair beings that lived underground that whistled and chirped. This was a kind of Gaelic elf in the old days, identical to Charles Hall's tall whites and the Mudjana. Um, and then I decided, okay, I'll, I'll, with pattern recognition, I'll demonstrate to people through building this crypto-terrestrial profile and adding elements to it, using the, the, the list to seek out other cases that match it, and then using each new case to further inform the list and build the list and build a bigger picture of the beings and what they are and what they look like to prove to people that they exist. Um, and, and I have been doing that, but they also now are suggesting I should be doing other things. So they're, they're particularly concerned, and I know this kind of stuff sounds a bit corny, but particularly concerned about not just the way we treat each other, but also the way that we're treating the biosphere because they have to live here now as well. They permanently live here again. Um, and and in that kind of, you know, which is a bit embarrassing, but I suppose it, like an eco-guru kind of way of some kind, they, they want me also to talk about this kind of stuff, this sort of, you know, hippy-dippy um, ecological talk, uh, healing the biosphere, preserving biodiversity of life. Um even, even pushing, you know, veganism and things like that, because they are vegans, they consider that the, the animal agriculture and husbandry to be a major problem with the destruction of natural habitat, um, which is another reason why they don't mind killing cattle, because they would destroy that economy and industry if they could. Um, uh, so they don't mind using cattle as tools. And they, and they kill cattle in ways that are much more humane than the way we'd end up dealing with but they consider it to be an industry that shouldn't exist anyway. But, um, yeah, so, so there was the old thing of oh, I'm just a tool maybe to try to express to people as an investigator that they exist and establish that. But now there's more of this kind of, which I'm less comfortable with because I feel like a bit of a doofus doing it, but um, the more of the, um, you know, trying to express ideas about how we should all basically love each other and hang out and uh, heal the planet. <laughs> can, I, can I, sorry, can, real quick. Now, you say that they, they are, have some interest in kind of revealing themselves. Why? Can they not manifest physically? Is that not easy for them to, to, to just do that? I mean, because they could quite easily, you know, if, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the obvious thing here, but they could quite easily just appear, you know, on Main Street and 
any town. And yeah, they, they, yeah, they could. Uh, that's They haven't done that, of course. They don't want to do that yet for some reason, best known to themselves, maybe because it would cause um, economic collapse issues, mm -hmm. problems in particular, I think, with religion. Oh, yeah. Um, there, one stage there they'd said to me as well, uh, 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 I don't, I'm going to self-censor. Maybe I shouldn't say this because... Uh, Oh, come Honest, on. I, I will. Uh, you guys can cut it out if you think it's inappropriate. This isn't live, is it? But, no, it's not. Um, it's not. So I was going to say is once they said to me that there will be a high suicide rate, huge amounts of people will commit suicide if they do that as well because it will make nonsense of a lot of religion or all religion as it currently exists on the planet in, is, is like just cultural, a cultural um, artifacts. You know, they don't really have much of a relationship with any objective reality. None of our religions do they say um, they have their own religion and spiritual system, which is tied to their technologies and their ideas about multiple universes and all this kind of stuff. They are sort of spiritual in their own way, but and they have a priest class and blah, 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 but they don't, they, they consider that to be a real problem that as well revealing themselves could uh, or would, they say um, mean there's a lot of people taking their own lives. And yeah. I mean, that has been uh, the feeling on why people i mean you saw that right with the you remember that that radio show that acted like we were being invaded people killed themselves all oh, the alien invasion yeah, uh, yeah. they're war like of the worlds. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have. yeah war of the war worlds, of the worlds. Show, oh yeah. my god yeah. boom killed themselves you're like okay that's a little uh, uh extreme there but it, it <laughs> yeah. is it, it makes you wonder if you are into a certain type of organized religion and, and based on some of the teachings, does alternative realities, multiverse, all that stuff, does that make you question your own reality? And well, yeah, but also, I mean, are these the people we want to be taking a lead from if they've, they've shish kebab their own DNA? They borrow a phrase that you would No, use. I completely agree on that as well. It's like, are they yeah. a higher form or are they just way from the future? Like, yeah, scientists. Well, they, well, in a, yeah, they... They don't want us. Well, this is what they say anyway. I mean, of course, you know, everyone seems to be inherently selfish, and they've got their own best motive, motives, their own best um, interests at heart, probably just as we would. But um, they don't want us to alter our genetics. They don't want us to become like them. They Why? are uh, an example of that messing them up. Hmm. You know. Um, so they prefer if we, if we gave up that kind of stuff. So they do. And also they would share technologies with us, advanced technologies, if they could be, they could be fail safes so that they wouldn't be weaponized by us and things like that, because it'd be very easy for certain groups of homo sapiens to weaponize power systems and then basically destroy the planet a million times over much worse than nuclear weapons, you know? Um, so we're, we're sort of a bit untrustable in that sense as well, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's highly patronising. Um, you know, like lots of people when they find out about this or consider, you know, it's up to the individual to look at what I say and, of course, you know, decide how compelling they find my arguments and my own testimony and all that kind of stuff. But so people when they do consider it to be a possibility and are like, oh, this guy's kind of making sense, you know, he's tying things together. Lots of people have a negative response to that because they think, man, these these dudes have been here for thousands of years, messing with us. You know, um, taking our DNA, hiding from us, manipulating our minds. In a sense, they are our gods in a lot of ways because 
them being here on the periphery of our world um, and sometimes interacting with us and sometimes we half remember and all that kind of stuff has fueled a lot of our religion, you know, has given rise to a lot of religious systems and spiritual beliefs over the years, um, you know, and, and I've seen them in boa suits. Now, there's no way you're going to be able to convince a devout fundamentalist Christian, say, seeing the, in these suits. There's no way you're going to be able to convince that individual that these aren't demons. I mean, they're, they're not in the sense that they don't have any of the religious baggage associated with demons from Christianity, but in a sense they are because the idea of a demon has come from them, in my opinion, people over the centuries interacting with them and fallen also of angels, angels, fallen angels. Yeah. And angels, you know, and you know, because when they're wearing other kinds of suits and levitate, like Charles Hall saw them a lot wearing white suits and levitating, um, and they've got white hair and big blue eyes and floating around. They look like angels then. So they're demons and angels in that sense that they've, they've, they've spawned this, these belief systems. A lot of religious systems in the world exist because of them as well, as misinterpretations or reinterpretations like cargo as posts. people are trying to understand. You know. Do you, um, have they uh, contacted your wife at all? Uh, no, she has had experiences, but nothing like I've had. She has had experiences, uh, like with shadow people waking up in the night with people standing by the bed and then feeling a thought, oh, don't worry about that. That's just Ryan. You know, that's just, and then she looks over, sees me and it's not me, but thinks it's okay and falls back to sleep and things like that. Like she's having, um, interactions. Uh, when she was pregnant at one stage, she had an interaction where, uh, she was um, probably taken somewhere else. I mean, it, it may have just been a dream, of course. But um, um, and uh, had having something done to her, and then when she woke up in the morning, she had a mark on the bottom of her belly, and then another one on her shin, like some like a sample or something had been taken. Um, so, and she's also had dreams of baby. You know, like lots of experiences in ufology around the world. They talk about uh, baby presentations. Uh, where people will have a, a, a weird experience where they're taking on board a craft and they're presented with an infant and, the, and they're asked to hold it and bond with it and then it's taken back. Um, so this is, I think, is part of their breeding programs and things like that, you know, that, that a lot of people across the face of the earth have contributed genetic material to their developing, you know, generations and stuff as time's gone, as the centuries have gone on. Which is why when Peter Curry was having intercourse with that woman in Sydney and a tall, fair woman with a long face and huge blue eyes, he said that she was probably about seven foot tall if she stood up. Um, he, she left a hair and when they did a DNA test on it, it had um, rare Gaelic and Basque DNA. So human DNA, but... but uh, it also, I think it, the, the shaft had Gaelic and Basque DNA, whereas the root was a rare kind of mongoloid DNA, so Asian DNA. So it was like a hair graft. So it was this odd hair, white, long hair. Um, it had resistance to HIV and other STDs oh, as well. Um, and But you see it's human because they are future humans. And also it has Gaelic and Basque DNA, DNA and things like that because of the Anjan and she, the fairy lover, you know, for, for centuries and centuries in, in 
European society, particularly Celtic society, has, has these kinds of myths about Anjaman Shi, the fairy lover. Um, people being cold away in the middle of the night and going into trances to have trysts with people and have sex with people like fairies, tall fair beings and things in, in forests or taken into the earth or even fairies visiting, male fairy visiting women, female fairies visiting men um, and, uh, and having sex and then they're being pro- produced from that. Um, this has been going on for a long, long time. And so the idea that you could take some DNA from a tall white now and it have, say, Gaelic DNA is not surprising or shouldn't be surprising. Um, so they're, they're constantly reinforcing. I don't know how much it goes the other way. Like lots of people in ufology talk about, oh, you know, I'm a star seed and, and I have, you know, Orion DNA and all this kind of stuff. I don't think it necessarily goes the other way. I don't think they're necessarily, I mean, maybe they do or maybe they are sometimes, but like interbreeding with us and affecting our genetics uh, and giving some of their genetics to us. I don't think they'd be doing that because they want us to be pure in the sense of not being corrupted by them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but it does go the other way. So they're taking our genetics. It's for them to save themselves. That's you fascinating. Know? The, you, the needle in the haystack thing you mentioned, do, does, did you have any indication that might have been something to do with your genetics? Oh. Um, I don't, what, what do you think that meant? Uh, I'm not sure. Your compliance, no, sure like your, your willingness to comply with them, perhaps? Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I suspect that I feel like all the interests I've ever had in my life have all been leading to this. Everything I've ever been interested in and ever studied has led to this, and I don't know whether that's them manipulating me or whether it's just a happy coincidence that I have a certain knowledge about a certain things. Like, there's lots of things I'm completely thick about. I I. I only know a lot about a few particular things and I'm quite clueless about the rest of the world basically. But those particular things that I've had an incredibly nerdy passion about in my life, I think have sort of made me appropriate to be some kind of tool to them in getting what they need to be done at this stage, you know, and who knows the fruit of this might like my wife likes to say this to me, even though it's a bit of a depressing thought. She's like, you know, no one might care about what you have to say until you're long gone. You know, maybe it'll be a hundred years from now, people will rediscover your books and what you said and go, Hey, that guy actually knew what he was talking about way back then. Um, <laughs> I'd prefer if it wasn't that though. I prefer if people started listening now, but still, um, I don't really know in the end exactly what, how they've decided that I'm appropriate for this kind of stuff and what needle in a haystack really means, you know, what if they've used your DNA all over the place that you just have a bunch of kids running around in Orion? You're like some guy that donates sperm to <laughs> they a sperm all bank. Like him. Yeah, they all just have big red Nothing beards. Nothing but kids yeah. all over. Sam, would you want to be part of it? What the, no, I don't want to no. get tapped you in my small. No. no, you want to want to be part of the future? I mean, I created two kids. I am a part of the future. True. Good point. So, yeah. you know, point. if they want to give me some language and running or whatever, what and was then it? they could tap you. <laughs> I'll take yeah, running yeah. and language or whatever that Why was. Why you but. can't run now? <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, was well, it? I don't know. Well, I have, like, I haven't been doing much of it lately, to tell you the truth. I need to start getting back into it again. But I used to be a very keen long distance runner, trail runner. Oh, okay. And so, and I've also been interested in linguistics all my life, languages and stuff like that. So, it's, so, when they said to me it's for language and for running, I was like, so 
Because that's ambiguous, really. That could yeah. be saying, oh, they're giving me something. They're improving my linguistic abilities, improving my running. Or it could be you have linguistic abilities that are beneficial in some way. You have abilities, physical abilities, or something that we, like for running, long-distance running, um, that uh, we want to harness. Because that's, how they, from you to, that, that's you how they got to pick people. It can't just be random random people. You got to have something special or, or attribute think, or something. Yeah, probably. You know, there's some thought that among geophilists that when when uh, what would you say like alien races come to us, they they won't actually be physical, uh, you know, physically present. That but they're they're going to be, uh, you know, like what would you say like remote piloted uh, oh. vehicles, you know, that that maybe are in the shape of humanoids, but but aren't, you know, aren't actual physical, uh, you know, they aren't they're present physically. What do you? Is there any chance that that have you experienced anything like that? And you're you're and you're pretty sure that they these these creatures are actually here, though, right? Yeah, I'm very sure they're actually here, but of course, no one can be 100 percent sure of anything. You know, like yeah. we'll just say I'm 99 percent sure that they are flesh and bone beings that are related to us and they're here and they have been here for a very long time. Um, but, um, of course, you know, I don't like to close myself off. No one should, I suppose, from, from poss- other possibilities. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm quite satisfied that they are real beings that are related to us, flesh and blood, you know, with, so- with, uh, with, with uh, sophisticated but nonetheless nuts and bolts technologies that allow them to do amazing things like travel interdimensionally, move through portals and things like that, become intangible so they can shift their own atomic structure, huh. can walk through walls and all this kind of oh, stuff. Shit. But nonetheless, it is based in the, it really, it's not like they're spiritual. It's, it is still material, you know, yeah. it's, um, it's like magic to us, you know, but it's, but it's based in, in the concrete. You say they're here. Where, where exactly are, are they in the earth? Are they in, are they in a, like a beyond, beyond the veil that we just can't see past? What, what, are they in cities that we can't see? What, what, what kind of organization do they have to their society that's here? Uh, they have underground habitations that um, they have one like here underneath Victoria is a, is a strip of sea called Bass Strait that's between Tasmania and Victoria. And there's a continental shelf there and they've got a habitation in there, but they have them all over the world under the oceans and within mountains, wilderness areas, um, within the crust of the earth. Hmm. And there's 12 million of them. They've told me recently. Um, so much fewer of them here present than there are of us. They have bases on the moon and on Mars apparently, but they're mainly here. Um, and they're, they're just as physical. They, they said to me at one stage, this was a while back, like nine years ago, ten years ago, we are just as physical as you. We are more physical than you might think. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't necessarily think you weren't. But, um, yeah, so the, I know to some people will be disappointed by that kind of stuff. Like if these, if these beings present themselves and demonstrate that, yeah, they have wonderful technologies, but basically they can manipulate your mind to make you think things are real that aren't. They can also cloak. They can shift their atomic structure. They can harness portals to whip across to the other side of the earth and or to other places. Um, but nevertheless, it's not really magical and it's not spiritual. Yeah, um, I mean that's my question. Uh, Do you think that when you see these these uh, spacecrafts 
Do you think that they are man-made or do you think they're extraterrestrial? I I tend to believe that they move through portals and interdimensional, but there are people who believe that these aliens, I personally don't, but what are your thoughts? They, they do have a fleet of craft that they brought with them from the other timeline that are genetically grown biological machines that they've grown in zero G, but sentient and these wonderful seamless things and stuff that lots of people talk about seeing but in the time that they've been they have a limited amount of them and in the time that they've been here they've constructed a lot of craft out of our infrastructure so they don't have a massive infrastructure present here of their own so they they utilize um products of our own from our like our own um fabrications um like, for instance, Charles Hall uh, talked about being on board one RV craft and um, it had hammocks in it, it had a shower and it had bunks in it that were straight off the shelves from a hardware store in the 60s in, the, in America. <laughs> um, and, the, and also a couple of times I've been on RV-type craft of theirs and they have bus seats, like our bus seats, and the pilot seats were seats that just look like they're out of our fighter planes maybe two seats up the front. That's so interesting. They, and, and with, you know, uh, in segments, you know, segmented, you know, factory built um, fabrications that have come from our infrastructure and industry. Now, I don't know how much they're just taking these things from us where they won't be noticed or sometimes maybe where they will be noticed or how much um, the powers that be in, in, in the world, you know, like, shadow governments or, you know, people behind S4 and Area 51 and all that kind of stuff. Um, What kind of agreements exist that may be supplying them with our technologies that they're using to superior effect with superior science? So they have a lot of craft that are made out of our junk. So sometimes when people see craft that have rivets or segments or don't really look like they should be as advanced it don't look like they, they're as advanced as they should be, as you'd yeah. imagine they could be. Um, they're not necessarily our ones that are, you know, back-engineered version of ET craft. They could possibly be um, examples of this kind of thing where they're using our, our stuff. That's so interesting. That's that so is, interesting. dude. What? So now you say that they're here from another timeline. Can they easily are, – are, is, is that a one-way trip or, or can they transport themselves back? to their own timeline? Um, well, I would have said, I, I thought that they that it was closed off, that the conduit was supposed to be closed, uh, that they'd come here. And then there's this idea that once two timelines are too divorced from each other or dissimilar, it can be difficult to navigate your way back. Like if you've gone into a different timeline and messed around with it so it's off on a different path, the trajectory yours would have been on. Oh, um, but then it can be difficult to navigate your way back. But... The thing is, is years ago they said to me there is a million of us, whereas just a few months ago they said to me now there are 12 million of us, which means that they must have they must be in contact with their old world. But I don't know how easy it is for them to go back, but it seems like they definitely have been able to penetrate into this timeline again and, and uh, send a lot more of themselves here. Was that your last communication with them a couple months ago? When did you last communicate with these? Entities. Uh, no, no. Um, I have communications with them a lot of the telepathic kind, almost every night. But Ooh. I don't. 
only remember being visited by them maybe once a month. They said to me, we visit you for 10 minutes every night for education. They said that to me like about a month ago or something. Yours or their recollection. Yours or their education. Was it implied? I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another ambiguity. I don't know about that either. Yeah. Whether they mean they're teaching me or they're learning from me in some way, like studying me or whatever. Would you say uh, you learned English? I don't think I'd have much to teach them other than the maybe, you know, uh, studying me or whatever. But, uh, so interesting, dude. It's fascinating, Such a, dude. I, I could go on forever. A weird, yeah. crazy. Our world is so much more interesting than it was. Imagine though. talking to them every night. Yeah. It, I mean, do you get sleep, man? Yeah. Uh, you are you get, exhausted? Yeah. Yeah. Do they make you tell them the same story over and over again? Are you like, I already <laughs> told you this story, bro? No, really, though. Are you exhausted? I mean, do you do you get sleep, actually? Like, good REM sleep or what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, usually get I need about eight hours like everyone does i usually wake up fairly rested sometimes i wake up and feel like i haven't slept even though i thought i did that might be because i'm interacting with them but they've suppressed the memories and i didn't get enough sleep you know but normally when they interact in that telepathic way it'll be when i'm first going to bed and i'll lie down in bed and uh and then because there's some of them that seem to be here fairly permanently um and they use names that are, you know, names like our names. So they're not their real names, sort of like the way maybe Chinese people might take on board a Western name and use that instead of their original Chinese name because they don't want us trying to pronounce their name and butchering their name or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, and, and in that similar way, um, the Majina take on names. So there's one guy called Joe that has come to visit a few times. Joe, he is a guard. He calls himself Joseph or D- Joe. Then there's a female guard as well that calls herself Sibylline. And they, I think, are fairly permanently around. Um, they've said to me, we protect you and we are always here. Sometimes um, they interact with me, but it's like they, they don't, it's like they're not really meant to be interacting with me too much. That's not their job or something. Um, huh. But uh, for lots, of, lots of different individuals have visited me, but there's particular ones. There's one called, that calls itself Branu, which I spell B-R-A-N-U. There's another one that calls itself Butterfly. And there's Joseph, there's Sibylline, and then there's another one that calls himself Mark. And they're the main ones that I've had interactions with, especially the one that calls himself Joe. He's about my height. I'm 5'8", um, which means he'd be about uh, how, uh, it's like 70 or 80 years old or something like that because they take a long time to grow. Um, and he has like really fizzy white hair all sticking out the back, huge eyes. The few times I've had interactions with him have been lucid. I am awake. I am in the house and he is there. But I don't have fear response. So there's still mental manipulation happening where they're removing my critical faculties or something. So he'll be there talking to me and then he'll leave. And it's only then it will hit me that there was a, that there was a person in my house that shouldn't be there as though they've relinquished some kind of control. So that, and then I'm, um, I'll, you know, I'll be amazed by it or whatever. But yeah, jeez, huh. oh, just shooting the shit with Joe, huh? What's that? I mean, is that what <laughs> yeah, it? late night talk with Joe. <laughs> That's so interesting. That's so. It really is like those Indian uh, scam mark. You know, like this is uh, Timothy calling you uh, from Microsoft. You know, you know that they take those names like yeah. that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. That's so funny, dude. I love this. Yeah, I'm all about love this, it. man. 
Johnny, you love this. I really do. Johnny uh, likes. Johnny can you give uh, can you give John my number? Have him call me. Yeah, Joe. You mean Joe, John, Joe. all of them. Joe, Joe, you gotta get it right. Don't offend them with fake <laughs> names. Don't fuck up their fake names. I might get him to talk to me. That'd be so great. I wonder if they come and talk <laughs> Spanish to you. <laughs> Do they well, ever you tell try. you anything about like where we live? Like, is it a planet? Is it flat Earth? Is it a realm? Do they ever tell you that? Uh, they have never talked about that. I've always presumed it's round, but I've never really gotten Ask, into the flat stuff and looked at the evidence or whatever. Can we? Can um, we send you a list of questions? <laughs> Ask. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you could, but they don't. Sometimes they respond immediately to things I ask. Sometimes it takes them a while, or sometimes they just don't. They don't even say that they won't respond. They just don't answer certain kinds of questions. And like um, in, in a weird way, do you think you could communicate through like the Ouija board with them? Or like, is there any way to maybe. talk to them through it during the day or something? Well, people, I think a lot of ghost hunters, like you get successful ghost hunter channels on YouTube. Like there's one in particular called Twin Paranormal. Uh, it's a group of young guys in their twenties from Nevada. And they have interactions with what they presume are ghosts, but I watch that channel a lot. And I think a lot of their interactions are with Majina. Really? Um, and one of the things they use is like a spirit app, which is just an app for your phone, which sounds pretty lame, but, and I think, a, you know, it seems some of the interactions they have, the what's spoken through the that on camera. Like vocabulary. It has like a vocabulary and you can, uh, and the, and the spirits or whatever, allegedly can take over it and say sentences or individual words. What? Yeah, but these particular guys have a lot of success with it. I think if you do it and there's no paranormal things present, it's just going to spit out some random stuff, you know. These but, guys, um, right? Yeah, these numbers. guys, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so dudes yeah, with face really tattoos cool... are talking to the people on the other side. <laughs> That's who's representing us. Yeah, dudes with face that. tattoos. That, See, they went to Skinwalker Ranch. That, that episode Ranch. there, Skinwalker's, the Skinwalker's Land, you've got up there. That particular episode, that's got some... That's pretty cool. That's definitely Majina interaction where they go out to a fort oh, in they the got desert. The music I'd like too. to introduce all three of us. My name is Ryan. The guy right in front of me, his name is River. Looks like a SoundCloud rapper. The guy standing furthest away from us, his name is Wyatt. We are here to see if there's anybody who'd like to communicate with us and Dude, maybe if you have anything it. to is say. Is this not the greatest time in the history of time to be alive? <laughs> you could have face tattoos, be a ghost hunter, and be making good <laughs> money. on the, Like, what a blessing it is. What a blessing, dude. Uh, we gotta have those guys on. Be like, come on, talk to us. Those night vision yeah, cameras—they're in it. They're in it. I'm all about that action, dude. I don't, why don't we go guys. do that? You guys go do that. Let me know <laughs> so, how it goes. Two white guys and a Mexican. I don't Two like them. messing around with that kind of stuff. I, I got to be honest. I got the fear. Of God Everybody wants us to go to Skinwalker. Yeah. Now, do you get the sense that if you come up against some like health issues or something that they might? Uh, you know, kind of put in a good word with Whoa. the tech, the techno overlords, and maybe send you down a little healing, healing computer chip or something like that. Uh, well, there's been a couple of times where I'm pretty sure they've saved my life already. Oh, really? One time, one time, it's a, it's a cliche, but it, when I was out for a run, I almost got hit by a bus. And what happened was I was running along the edge of the road, and I checked for traffic, 
But then the bus came so quickly, I don't know how I didn't hear it. And just as I was about to step out in front of it, Whoa. The, the voice the voice said, we are sorry, which is a strange thing to say when you're saving someone's life. But anyway, I stopped because of the voice, and it shot past me so close I could feel the wind off it. My beard Damn. shook in the wind. Um, and another time I had been poisoned by handling, um, uh, like, fertiliser, uh-huh. uh, and I'd had a cut. I'd opened a beer... Not not like on a bench and nicked my thumb and I had a bit of a cut and I thought it had healed, but I was spreading fertilizer on the garden and I got um, uh, an infection, really bad infection. I got up into my glands and um, I was lying in bed. I was just in agony and they said to me, a voice said, you were going to be hospitalized. And then I could hear them talking to each other. They were saying he might die, but he is strong. And then they said, don't worry, when you were in the hospital, Keep an eye out for the nurse with the long neck. Keep an and eye out for the <laughs> nurse with the long that's what, neck. That's an inside agent. Dude. Yeah. It's a covert agent. And, uh, yeah, and so when I was in bed uh, in the middle of the night, this woman came over with a weird neck. So they have very long necks, especially when they get older. Um, and uh, and they can get quite tall, but their necks are like much longer than our necks. But so anyway, and she gave me something as well. So I suspect, you know, they were putting me on antibiotics and all that kind of stuff, and maybe I would have survived anyway. Certainly without antibiotics, I would have died. I think I would have died very quickly because it was moving through my body, the, the infection. But, um, uh, they were, you know, the, the hospital was giving me antibiotics anyway, but they had said to me that this woman was going to give me extra stuff. So that was one of them. Um, and there's been other occasions where they've uh, – there was one occasion where they took me to a hospital that looked like one of our own hospitals, and I was sitting in the bed and – there was a doctor and uh, a woman, tall woman as well, that looked like she had a, a wig on, a dark wig, but it was definitely one of them. And they showed me a scan that was upside down and it was this had this green sort of hue to it. But it, And I was thinking, oh, that's me. I presumed that was a scan of me because I was the one sitting in the bed. Um, and she pointed to it and she said, there are no changes yet, um, but it's too early to see changes. I don't know what that means. I noticed on either side of the image of myself, there were two green blobs. And I thought maybe there's two people standing there next to me that have been caught, picked up by the technology. Uh, And I went to look and she said, pay no attention to the ghosts by your side. uh, And then I, they got me up and I couldn't walk properly. They sat me in a wheelchair, wheeled me out into the parking lot of a hospital with streetlights on at night. And I was like, what's going on here? They're using our facilities sometimes as well, it would seem. Uh, They loaded me into the back of of like an RV-type, tic-tac-type craft and took me back again. But that was like they they were – took me back home again. That was like they'd they'd made some kind of alteration in me, but I don't know what it is. And if I ask about that kind of stuff in too much detail, they just ignore me. That's so interesting. Now, now you said in the – with the bus thing, you heard a voice in in – in your waking time, does that happen often when you, cause you, you said mostly you communicate with them while, while you're asleep. Yeah, if I, yeah, I can, yeah. In waking time, I can communicate with them as well, especially if I make an effort and I sit down somewhere where it's fairly quiet and then I project questions okay. and after a little while, wow. normally someone will come and answer me. So it's like radio almost. Can, but now, if you so, ask a dumb question, do they get pissed and be like, okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Dude, uh, 
Because I could see us doing this and like XGB like, uh, hey, man, do you guys got like Corona over there? Or is like in, a, in, a, in a weird way, dog, do you have Corona over there? You know, I only like, drink Modelo's, What kind of shit do you guys drink over there? Do you guys have like twerking and stuff? Okay. Yeah, that's the same question. But it sounds like it's kind of like a, it's almost like a, like a, it's almost like ham radio or something, right? Someone has to kind of be there to pick up your signal and then or maybe they, yeah. it's like it's like they received the message a voicemail and then they got to get back to you later when they have a minute is it kind of like that well, they're occupied well, that, that happens as well yeah uh maybe like i'll get a response to something a bit later That's so but um but yeah yeah it's, uh, so yeah it can ha- can happen at any time really and it's been warnings as well like i said before they've warned me about things when i'm about to be another time i was just ripping up cardboard boxes and they said you are about to cry and I was like, what were you talking? I was like, what? I'm not in any danger. And I ripped the box open and there were staples in it. And I oh. tore up my thumb. And I was like, okay. So, and then another time when I was out running, they said the same thing. You are about to cry. And so I stopped and a cyclist, like a, on a mountain bike, trail bike, uh, not, not motorbike, but, you know, yeah. push bike, flew past me. That would have hit me. I would have run straight oh, out and in the intersection into him. And they the said, language. you are about to cry. The language is so interesting that I can see it's almost like uh, it, it's clear that it's not it's almost being translated right their their impulses. It's like are, AI trying to yeah. talk. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't get everything yeah, yeah, quite right. Do they fuck with the political system at all? <laughs> like, yeah, did no, they, it's a good question. Good question. I, I, I don't think they. I don't think they do too much unless they feel that they need to. I'm very sure that the. People, the elites, the dudes behind the curtain, as it were, you know, the people beyond elected governments and stuff, whatever you want to call them, black, you know, uh, shadow governments, whatever, um, know that they exist and do take into account their presence in some of the decisions that they make. But um, uh, I don't think they have much of an influence really, like, you know, like explicit, deliberate, but they are in charge in the sense that there's nothing on this earth that could stand up to them. You know, even, even any, you know, alleged back engineered stuff that we have that's, you know, um, anti-gravity technology and things like that, that maybe, you know, black projects and things like that we have uh, would not be anything compared to some of the junk they've got, particularly the stuff that they brought here with them, the really advanced stuff. Um, And they, and and they're, they're warriors, you know, like they have their own um, uh, military system um, and their generals and things like that are, can be particularly cruel and vicious. Um, uh, I don't think any of our military would ever do anything to, to try and upset them in any way. Well, they'd be, they'd definitely try to seek, you know, forgiveness if they were on their bad side in any way. But, well, uh, I mean, that's the whole thing about Operation uh, High Jump, and we made deals with them, and then they would go into our force and just do experiments uh, on us. So creepy. Yeah, yeah. So creepy. So creepy. Wow, man. <laughs> just Well, I mean, like, obviously, from your point of view, it's, it's um, super loving, right, that they, they come... I mean, even though they did t- yeah. steal your DNA, but I mean, outside of that, it seems like they—they're loving creatures. I—I—I I, I just believe that there's also other entities out there that maybe 
don't operate in the same way with the same kind of, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. don't hurt but just learn from us type of uh, attitude, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these guys as well can play rough. So, like uh, I said before, I, I believe that they have killed a lot of us. Oh, I mean, they sound nice. And the other ones are talking about anal probing and impregnating oh. girls and stuff like that. I'm like, you got lucky with who hit you up. Yeah, that'd be weird if they tried to get you pregnant. That'd be so weird. They're like, yeah, we yeah. just can't make it happen. Oh. Yeah, they can try as hard as they like with me. Yeah, there's nothing they well, can you can do hey, about it. Hey, you, yeah. you don't know the technology they have. Well, we don't I'm know surprised that. that's not a uh, category on Pornhub. <laughs> Alien yeah, impregnation. Yeah. Um, he is Ryan Musgrave <laughs> Evans. He has a wonderful book called Children of Orion, Finding the Crypto Terrestrials. Uh, do you have a podcast or anything? No, I haven't got I, Well, I mean, I've got my YouTube channel that I do do like vlogs on and things like that. Do you ever Maybe talk to Tony Merkel? What's that, sir? Have you ever talked to Tony Merkel? No. Oh, yeah, I should hook you guys up, man. He's really big into okay. all this, the uh, Confessionals podcast. Uh, yeah, it's so weird. He texted I was just thinking of him, and he texted me. It's crazy. Oh, Manifesting ooh. it. Manifesting. All right. He's, uh, what's his YouTube? It's uh, Ryan Musgrave Evans. Yes. All right. Yeah, well, well, uh, make sure go below. Check out the links. The man is dropping knowledge. And uh, I appreciate you, man, coming on, Ryan. Uh, we look forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, that'd be sweet, dudes. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime, all the, the time, brother. Open, open door policy, and uh, make sure to check out. Do you? You don't have a website? Do you have a website? Nope, no, just no. YouTube. Man, that's off the. We don't have right that now. kind of stuff in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have websites. Ah, <laughs> uh, have yeah, they gotten OnlyFans out there yet? Anyways, you guys are the best. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in again. Go to samtriple.com. Check out all of my dates. They're coming up. Uh, I'm coming to Florida. I'm coming to Texas. Come get weird. We will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. There's you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack, Tim foil hack.